Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 74. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. And if you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And as always, I just have to start by saying thank you so much for all the love and support that you guys give the show. I love reading every message, email, review. I love all those reviews, especially those on Apple Podcasts. They really, really do help people to find the show. And today's episode, I'm really excited about one of the questions that I get asked very often, and I have been asked, is about diets and if we do a certain diet, how I feel about diets. And honestly, I am, I'm so not an expert, especially when it comes to diets. So I knew I wanted to get somebody on here who really did have some background in diets to talk about this. So I'm really excited. My guest today is Crystal Jordan and she is an autism mom. Her son is 11 now, so he's a little bit older, and she kind of shares their whole journey, like starting from the time that he was a baby and some of the the kind of difficulty that they were having and sort of how that led them on this path to finding this diet, which it's interesting because Crystal has a website called Foods for Thought, and it's a, it's a beautiful website, a really great resource. But the funny thing about that is that the the diet that she talks about today and that they, they follow her and her family is what you would refer to as like a simple carbohydrate diet. And it's so interesting because right before Crystal had reached out to me, I had like just kind of stumbled across this diet and not necessarily Crystal's take on it, um, a different, a different take on it. And I was so intrigued by it. So I was really excited then to get a chance to talk to her and they have a really unique journey that I know a lot of you will relate to. They kind of took a different path in terms of like just getting a diagnosis and and how everything went with that whole process for them and their family, which I, you know, I, you know, I have the pleasure of speaking with a lot of you. And I know that several of you have had a similar path where, you know, it's not just kind of this, this straight and narrow to getting a diagnosis and the different sort of like treatments and things that go into it. So I really appreciated Crystal's just honesty and openness about their journey, but also just about the diet in general, because I know for me as someone who has not, you know, dove in too deeply into the diets, it can seem like so overwhelming and kind of scary. And what I really appreciated was that Crystal was 
just very real about that. And she was like, it is overwhelming. <laughs> it is a lot to take on. Cause I feel like sometimes it can seem like, Oh, it's no big deal. Just like swap this for this. And I mean, something that I talk about a lot and I talk about with Crystal today is just getting Logan to eat is my, my main concern. So when it gets to, you know, like limiting things or restricting certain things, I definitely, like I said, I'm not an expert. So I was really happy to have Crystal come on and share her expertise. So I know you guys will really enjoy listening to her. One little side note, we had a little bit of a audio issue, a connection issue on this one. So everything comes through perfectly clear, but there are like some kind of crackles here and there. So I still think the information is so valuable. So I really wanted to get this episode out to you guys, but just a little side note, if you hear all that, sorry about the audio issues. But with that being said, I know you guys will really enjoy listening to my conversation with Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for being here. You and I have been in correspondence for a while now, and I'm really excited to finally get you on the podcast. So I know a little bit about your story, but if you will kind of take us back to the beginning of your autism journey and what that looked like for you and your family and sort of how that got you to where you are today, because Crystal is actually a diet expert, so she has a lot to talk about. But if you will kind of go back to what that looked like in the beginning, I would love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my son, who is, he's now 11, almost 12, you know, he was our firstborn. And so we had all of the new parent excitement that's, you know, surrounded that. Um, He was amazing, awesome. And then just really pretty early on, um, we started running into just some issues, some major delays that he was having. Um, you know, I started as, as the months progressed, just dreading, you know, those doctor visits because the milestones and all those boxes you want to check off on those, you know, um, you know, those monthly reports, they just weren't coming through. Uh, and so, so yeah, so his, his delays started pretty early on. And at that time it was mostly the gross motor was what we were seeing and, you know, rolling over, holding up his head, all that stuff was just delayed. So, uh, and then his sleep was completely upside down and, you know, looking back, I, I just remember it was just like, a, it was like a living nightmare. And I know, I know a lot of parents um, who are listening to that can relate and, you know, I'm glad then that I didn't know that that would go on for, you know, the following three years or so. But yeah, and, you know, you have doctors who tell you, you know, that's normal, keep the lights down. But we had, we were doing everything, you know, all the textbook stuff that we were supposed to be doing for sleep. And so, but it was just completely off. Um, and yeah, and then as time went on, again, as he kind of started getting around that 18 months age, I think, Um, He started having some major digestive issues, which just things that were pretty bizarre for, you know, a baby to be having things you don't anticipate are going to be an issue were an issue. So, I mean, I remember going and getting little baby suppositories, just not knowing what to do. And um, anyway, so, yeah, we had we were going through all of the early interventions, 
you know, we were seeing the doctors, we saw geneticists, and we saw gastroenterologists, and we saw naturopaths, just name it, we, we were there, and we were going through the process of that, and trying to just kind of figure what was going on. Um, and, you know, due to his delays, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we were just, we were just, we were trying to figure out what was going on. And we had a physical therapist and stuff coming and, and an occupational therapist coming into our home. And we, you know, there were words like autism and that being thrown around. But at the time, they weren't diagnosing as early as it seems like they're diagnosing now, as far as what I understand. So they were just words that were going around. And I think um, we kind of figured that that was maybe in the cards. And that was something that we were going to be addressing and um, having to deal with because his, his speech wasn't, it was also, um, his communication was just not on track at all. And he was so sweet. He's always been just the sweetest, sweetest kid in the whole wide world. Um, but, but yeah, and I mean, uh, and again, you know, looking back with what I've, I've come to understand, he, he had hyperlexia, so he was able to identify you know, shapes and colors and alphabet and all this stuff super, super early. Um, but then it just, it wasn't, it wasn't translating into, you know, appropriate communication. So he was, he would see a word and he would, you know, point to the dog, but he couldn't actually say the word. So um, anyway, a lot For of- For someone who is not familiar, because I, I know hyperlexia, but will you explain that to anyone who maybe is not familiar with what hyperlexia is? Yeah, for sure. So I haven't done like a a whole ton of research, but as far as just, you know, basically um, it's, maybe you can fill in the blanks here, but it's, yeah, it's a, I don't know, the the kid's hyper ability in certain things and they're typical with, you know, just patterns and um, alphabet numbers and those are mm-hmm. colors, typical things that they're super interested in, super, um, you know, able with, but then, yeah, there's typically some other developmental delays that accompany it that just the, the dots aren't connected. So. Yeah. Especially with like communication, like you were saying, like he could identify and label things really easily, but then like conversational sort of communication is, is lacking. Yeah. Yeah from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we were seeing all of this stuff. Um, we never really had him diagnosed until he was um, getting ready to go into school just so we had something to provide teachers with. And so that's really, we knew what his needs were. And so we just, <laughs> some people probably think it's terrible, but we just didn't bother. But um, no, I actually, I think that that's interesting. And I was talking to a mom recently who was kind of saying something similar that it was like, she's like, I, like, I know that if I took him, he'd be diagnosed with autism, but like, what does that really mean for us? And, you know, my, my advice to parents like that is always like, I know that sometimes the labels are scary, but the labels actually don't mean anything. (laughs) They don't really, your, your child is, is not going to, you know, wake up the next day after getting an autism diagnosis and be like a different kid. Like all the things that you're, that you're dealing with, that label changes nothing. So I do think sometimes it's, it's scary and you know, it, it feels like you're going to come out on the other side of it and everything is going to be different or everything is going to change. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, things do change, but at the same time, nothing changes at all. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So, and then, um, 
by the time he was about three, we started in addition to all of, you know, this communication stuff um, and kind of the typical behaviors we were seeing, his health really started to take a dive. And again, we were, I mean, we were, we were feeding him pretty well. Uh, he was a typical picky eater, but we were working within that, um, trying to you know, you know, I mean, you get creative and, and trying to figure out what you can feed them that still meets their, you know, their, you know, wants their you know, specific, you know, desires for their food. But, um, anyways, so yeah, but he, we started seeing some just really, um, scary things come through. And, and I think it was all leading up to, you know, his, I realized his skin started to become almost gray and, um, you know, he started getting these dark circles under his eyes and things kind of start happening slowly and you don't realize it all at once, but then, I don't know, it just kind of, you just start putting it all together. Um, uh, and then he just had really funky digestive issues that went from diarrhea to constipation and they would kind of teeter back and forth in that. And it made potty training impossible. And, um, and then the final straw was he, his fingernails started peeling from the top down. And so this is, it was just one of those things. It was just, this is all wrong. Something seriously the matter. And so I just remember one night, I, it's just so vivid in my mind. I'm just, you know, going down this Google rabbit hole and trying to figure out, um, you know, what was going on and what he needed. And it was just kind of an aha moment. And we realized that, um, what he needed was some serious diet intervention. And so, um, at the time, yeah, we found what's called the SCD diet. So it's specific carbohydrate diet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just, you know, it, it, we probably, we ended up following it more closely to a strict paleo diet because we didn't, we didn't allow dairy just because understanding that dairy is an inflammatory food and that can also be problems. So, um, so yeah, so the next day I just felt so intense and so passionate about it that this was the answer. The next day I just, I seriously cleared house. I got rid of everything that did not, um, fall in line with in this diet and probably made an early morning trip to the grocery store and just got everything that I thought maybe I could get him to eat. That would be you know, accommodating to this, to this new way of eating that we were going to be embarking in. And, um, yeah, it was just, we were all in and, you know, within, within two weeks, well, we started seeing a lot of things change almost immediately. His skin color brightened, the dark circles started to fade. And, um, within two weeks, he actually started putting together three word sentences, which was insane. It wasn't just, you know, one word, it was three words linked together. And so it was like this, he had this storage of information, but he just wasn't able to access it. And the diet was, you know, it allowed him to access this information and that was all we needed. And it just became a way of life for, you know, years following. Yeah. So how old was he when you made all these diet changes? He was four. He had just had his fourth birthday. Okay. So it's been like several years now. Um, I remember when you were, you and I were talking before you had said it's something that really stuck out to me. And I, I liked that you said it, you were like, you know, he still has autism, but it's like, this has just helped him so much. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciated you saying that. Cause I do think sometimes we hear about like, oh, this miracle diet or this mm. miracle thing. 
And it's like, this this child is cured of autism, which that's a whole other story we could get yeah. into. But I appreciated that you were really honest and were like, this diet helped us so much and gave us so much. You know, but it's it's not like, oh, this is like the miracle cure for everything. Right. Yeah. I think that that idea and while I'm sure it happens you know, when we read these books or these stories, yeah. I'm sure it happens. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the most damning ideas we can have as parents of kids with autism is this idea that there's a cure, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I I'm a firm believer that, yeah, we go through all of these things and these therapies and just to figure out what it is that they particularly need, what, what's going to allow them the, their best quality of life. I think that's the way to perceive it all and go about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, you hear people say like, Oh, there must be a cure. And it's like, okay, well, autism is not right. the disorder. So this is a little different what we're dealing with. Um, and I just always feel like when it comes to things like, like diets or supplements or even with therapies, it's like, it, it never really hurts to try something. If, if, if you're doing something that's, you know, like within reason and especially like with, with this diet, it sounds like, like if it's, you know, close to paleo, it's like, this is just like a healthy way of eating. This really can't hurt anything, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's it's such a, a, a good way to kind of look at things. If it's just like, all right, well, we're going to give this a shot and see, see how it goes. And then if we end up having benefits, awesome. Can you kind of go into a little more detail about the diet itself? Yeah, for sure. So um, the idea is I, I now call it the foods for thought diet. And it's the four stands for four main pillars of the diet. I mean, and again, that's, you know, what we created is nothing revolutionary. It's, it is pretty well, you know, a paleo diet, but it's, you know, lean proteins, it's healthy fats, uh, vegetables and fruit. And so, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's healthy food that, you know, humans, our bodies understand what to do with those. Um, you know, and parents who are, you know, they lean towards more of a, a vegan or a vegetarian diet. You can still do this and still omit, you know, the protein. You'll just have to come up with the calories elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, and the whole idea is, you know, by eliminating these sugars that the intestine, their intestine has difficulty processing, you allow the system um, just the chance to rebuild. You're taking away the stressful element of having to deal with, you know, um, stressful foods. So foods that maybe cause inflammation, um, you're eliminating those and you're just, you're allowing it to find a new homeostatic point so that it can then rebuild. That is so interesting. Um, so you, like you said, it's foods for thought and that is like your personal plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I created a program and it's, it, follows pretty well exactly what we did. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just an e-course that's pretty accessible and it just, it maps it all out. It takes the guesswork out and because it is, oh my gosh, it is such, I don't know, a trial and error, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you're just doing it, you know, on your own. So I created that just to kind of help with that and help eliminate some of that trial and error. So, yeah, I think that's awesome because I feel like with diets, there is even though like you're saying like, this is like a pretty simple diet. It's there's so many like rules and there's so many things like, okay, well, what am I doing with this? I know like for me, we haven't really done 
we haven't really gone down the rabbit hole of diets too much mm-hmm. um, because it is like really intimidating yeah. and, and really daunting. What is your advice for someone who is thinking like, okay, I, I, I want to try this diet, but they're sort of staring at the big picture and it's like, oh, this, this seems really daunting. What, what do you think is like the best way to go about it? I think number one, um, all of this is easier said than done. I totally get yeah. it. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, firstly, planning is key because most, you know, if, if we don't work or if we don't have some kind of a, a side gig that we're really involved with, it, life is just busy. Our kids are busy. Our, you know, our partners are busy or whatever. So, um, life's just busy anymore. And so planning and trying to make a highly effective plan, um, that's number one, because it's so easy. You're tired. Your kids are cranky to just go and just grab something on the way home or out of the pantry. That's going to be easy. So it's all about planning. That's just Mm -hmm. the most important thing. Um, and then I personally suggest just going 100% seriously clearing out the pantry because it's going to be so empowering if you can see those changes come as soon as possible. And that's going to make it so much easier to stay on track and to be committed. Because if you just kind of, if you're just kind of dabbling, you're not going to see the changes and you're not going to think that it's the thing that's going to work. And, and the chances of it being successful to me are really low, but you know, as some people say, but if I do that, my kid won't eat. And I'm, I have no doubt that that's true for some kids, but I do think more often than not, you know, it's, it's natural for a kid to, cause my son was the same way. He, he would only eat stuff that was super flavorful. So either really spicy or really sweet and, but it had to be dry and crunchy or totally creamy. Like couldn't have like the chunky yo play yogurt. There was no way. And so, um, yeah, so it was just, it was just working in with what I felt, you know, so pureeing everything because I knew he would come around to having something that was pureed. So, mm. so it's just, it's just kind of like working with what you think that they'll even remotely tolerate when they're hungry. And I really think the majority of kids will come around and some people think it's totally inhumane to do this, but, but I really think, I think it's just, it's yeah. The chances of success are greatest if you're just, if you just go for it, but. No, I, I, first of all, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I do think, like you said, this is all, you know, easier said than done. I appreciate you even <laughs> just saying that. Yeah. I feel like that's, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I haven't tried the diets yet is because it does just seem really difficult. And Logan is a super picky eater. He sounds actually really similar to how your son used to be like the really intense flavors. Uh-huh. Like he loves hot tamales. Yeah. Candy. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I would eat those, but they're not something that I would pick. And he likes like the extra hot ones. He, yeah, his, his taste. Oh ones are great. <laughs> uh, totally. So yeah, when it comes to, to certain foods and he, I mean, Honestly, I feel like we, in the past year or so, he has expanded his, his food repertoire a lot just from being at school and like seeing what his, his peers are eating. And he has, I'm, I'm actually really happy with the amount of foods that he eats now. Cause it used to be a very small number. Wow. And for like, when he first started going to kindergarten, it was full day and I had to pack him a lunch. Like, I'm like, what am I even going to pack? <laughs> this 
lunch because he ate like nothing. It was seriously just like a mixture of cereal. It was like all <laughs> different cereals, which he still gets cereal. He loves cereal, but he has like actual like protein and fruit and things that, you know, like making it a little more of like a well, well-rounded for him meal. That's awesome. Uh, but I appreciate you saying that. But also, I like how you said, too, where you're, like, just kind of go all in and clean out the pantry. Because you – so what you're saying is that, like, kind of, like, the whole family should be on board. Oh, it's it's necessary. And, I mean, when we started, I mean, my husband wasn't. And so – but he he would eat what – you know, he could order pizza. But it'd have to be when the kids were in bed. You know what I yes. mean? <laughs> so that's kind of how we did that. But – yeah, because it's, otherwise it's just way too tempting. It's tempting for the kids. It's tempting for the mm-hmm. parents. You're definitely going to run into tantrums. I mean, you're going to get those anyways, but yeah. it just um, it just makes it so much easier if everybody knows what the expectation is. Well, it's like a united front. Oh, like yeah. It's like we're all in this together, and it's, it's not like, you know, you're eating, you know, steamed broccoli, and we're eating macaroni and cheese. Oh, man. I mean, like, different so mean (laughs) yeah I actually so when you said some people think it's inhumane I mean I think that's maybe a little extreme but I was actually talking to someone recently who was like a caregiver for he's he's now an adult on the spectrum he's like in his late 30s but she's been his caregiver since he was a child and been like with his family and you know this was years and years ago where things with autism were there I mean we still don't know a lot we really knew like nothing then yeah so his family was just kind of desperate and really trying anything they heard of or could think of. And I guess there was, there was a diet that they were trying with him that I don't even know what the principles of it was. It sounds like it was like mostly vegetables and it would basically be like the family would sit down for this like lovely meal and they'd have, you know, like a roast with mashed potatoes and all this yummy stuff. And he would literally get like a steamed head of cabbage. Mm-hmm. That would be his dinner. And when she told me that I literally burst into tears. Cause I was like, that is just the saddest thing I could. It, Cause not only, I mean like this, this child was, you know, he, he was autistic and a family with, you know, he had a neurotypical family and it's like, it was probably I'm sure he was already having a hard time. And it was like, they were doing all these different therapies with him. He was constantly like kind of being like shunned away from his family. But then on top of that, it's like, you can't even like come together for a meal and and eat the same things. It was like, that was just so, so sad to me. So I really appreciate you saying that it's like the family just needs to be kind of on board all together. Cause like you said, that, that really is what's going to set you up for success. Cause that, like I said, he's an adult now and, so much of his like behaviors and just like his life are really ruled by food because he was denied for so long. And she's like, that's honestly the only thing that makes him happy at this point is eating, which is like, you don't want that, especially, you know, as an adult, like, it's like, you want them to have a happy, well-rounded, fulfilled life. And it's like, if all you're thinking about is your next meal, like that's no, no way for anybody to live. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, yeah. And now, now that he's older, we were, we were 100% like there was no, like I, I was toting, you know, Tupperware to every family gathering, every birthday party just filled with approved foods and people thought it was nutty and I didn't care. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, we did that for four years and it was really strict. Um, but I mean, he was cool with it because and I think, I think a lot of, my, I think a lot of parents of kids with, you know, sensory eating issues, they're used to kind of toting their own food around anyways, oh, but always. 
So, yeah. yeah. So, but we were strict for four years and then, um, I was honestly terrified to even, you know, go off of it, but I, I wanted to get to that place of, you know, normal. I also wanted to test and see just what had been healed, especially with his digestion. And before we started, I mean, he was breaking out. Oh my gosh. I remember one Halloween, you know, I've always been, you know, reasonably careful with sugar and, you know, trying to be healthy, but I let him have three pieces of candy on his third Halloween and just full, full body hives. And he would, you know, before starting to diet, he'd get eczema and yeah, and he'd get hives and stuff like that. So I was curious, you know, to test it and see just how far he'd come. And so, yeah, so we slowly moved into, you know, trying out, you know, starchy vegetables and grains and then going into, you know, I wanted to see how he did with dairy. I wanted to see how he did with gluten. And and now he he's totally, just nothing affects him behaviorally, physically. And it's just, it's insane from where we came from. He had a legit, like, autoimmune issue with food. And so the fact that this diet cured that is just, it still blows my mind, honestly. Like I just, I never get over it when I hear similar stories. And so, yeah, Yeah. but I think to go to that place of normal and know that you can get there and that this isn't going to be like a forever thing. That's also important to remember. Yeah. That's interesting. You said that. Do you think it's like the diet kind of like hit the reset button for him? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. So now what kind of diet do does like he follow in your family? We're, we're pretty, we eat mostly, um, like I call it maybe pescatarian, I guess is the closest kind of diet, but there's no, you know, I'll make, I'll make some pizzas on some sourdough bread. And, you know, so, I mean, we still try to eat pretty, you know, reasonable, but clean ish. I don't know. I, I feel like we, it's balanced. So yeah. Yeah. Pescatarian is like when you mostly just eat fish, right. As far as like protein. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really okay. eat too much of the other. So the other stuff's just fine. We just, I just don't. So. Okay. Gotcha. No, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really interesting because like you said, it's for anyone who's, you know, in going through this and it's like, it seems so hard, like to know that like, okay, there's like, at the end of the tunnel and it's not like you're going to have to be so strict like this forever. Yeah. I think that, that that's like a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you don't go too crazy. Um, so tell me, cause I know now your son is 11. How is he doing now? He's awesome. He's just, I just love talking about him. <laughs> yeah. He's almost 12. He's for whatever reason, so stoked to be a teenager officially. And so he's got a little ways to go, but Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. He's super social, which again is if you have little kids and, um, maybe they're not so much, it's kind of hard to imagine them going to that place. And some, some just don't, they just choose not to, but, um, yeah, he's super social. He's, you know, he talks way too loud. So he still has, he still has his things, um, you know, his like his stimming behaviors would kind of have been able to teach him to kind of keep those, keep those home. And mm-hmm. so, but it's, man, it's so hard, you know? And I try mm-hmm. to remind myself that it's, it's a challenge I'll never understand, but it's, I don't know. 
So didn't have like a certain stim that he does. I'm always like curious. Yeah, he does like this. One foot goes in front of the other, and he rocks his body back and forth. He only does it when he's excited about something. So I feel like, like now, when I used to see kids stim, it like didn't make sense to me. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's things that we will understand. Um, But I now it's like I think it's like so endearing, especially when you like that happy stim. Yeah. And I see that it just like, it warms my heart. And you, I understand what you're saying where it's like, you kind of want to keep it home because you don't want other people to see him and like, you know, judge him or make fun of him. God forbid. But yeah, I like, I'm always just like, just let him stim. Happy stim. (laughs) Cause it, it is like, it's such, it's such a, an amazing quality that like, you know, we are always wondering like, oh my gosh, what does that person think about me? And it's always like that that like challenge for for us but it's like I love that you know these kids it's like they are they're just like doing what feels right to them right. you know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm sure you're the same when I see I was at Walmart the other day and there was um this boy he had autism and probably a few other things going on and I just I don't know I it probably shouldn't but it just made me feel warm and I just want to give that parent a hug they probably would have thought yeah. I was nuts so I didn't do it but you know, so yeah. It's oh no, I know. When I see like kids wearing like noise canceling headphones or yeah, like stimming, I, like there, there's definitely times when, and and sometimes I will, sometimes I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you just want to, you want to give that like, you know, like a solidarity high five. Like yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I know what it's like. Um, okay, so so you say he's a loud talker. And gets a little a little stimmy. I know you and I had talked about how you guys um, are homeschooling now. How is that going? Yeah, um, it's awesome. So uh, we had him in an autism school when he was in first grade. That was the wrong place for him at that time. I think it kind of because um, a few other the classmates were a little unpredictable. It made him just not trust kids. Period. So that wasn't what we wanted. Um, and so we took him out. Um, spent you know, a couple of years just kind of going to museums and, and showing him that people and kids, like you don't have to, you know, it's all good. Sometimes people freak out and some, most of the time they're not going to. So, so it's just kind of a process of kind of just teaching social comfort. And, um, so we mostly spent those first couple of years just being out. It wasn't even about schoolwork. And then we thought it was time to put him back in school. So we did, we put him a grade back. Um, he's huge. So we thought he'd be <laughs> benefit being a grade younger, but being really big. And that would help him out um, maybe socially. And I think it did. So that first year back in school is a charter school. And it was, it was magical. It was better than I, I was sure I would panic and pull him out. And, but it was amazing. And the students were great. The teachers were amazing. Um, but then the following year was a complete opposite. It was the teacher was, she just didn't want to deal with it. And then there was just a single student who then kind of turned the students who'd been fine the year previous into these bullies. And so, um, so I realized, you know, that's, that's kind of just going to be the, his school career. We're going to have good years. We're going to have bad years. Are we up for it? And So, yeah, so just the final decision, and he learned so much better at home anyways. He's a smart kid, um, but all all of the bustle is really hard for him to 
get the information. Um, and so, so yeah, so we homeschool and, and I love it. I, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, we have our days and our moments where I'm just like, what are we doing? And I'm, I'm <laughs> online looking up schools and, but, um, but for the most part, like I, I really love it. And I always ask them eight, my kids each year, if they want to go to school and they, they opt to stay home. So we try to make it a happy place for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. I homeschooling moms, like the most credit because I, <laughs> I truly can't imagine like <laughs> how in the world you guys do that. I think that's, that's amazing. Um, I know one thing that you had said that just made me laugh was you said he was happy to, to do the homeschooling, but he was going to miss seeing the girls at school because he's a little girl. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This last summer when I, yeah, I asked him and I was like, you know, you want to go to school, you want to stay home. It's cool. Whatever you want to do. And he took a minute to think about it. He's like, oh. he's like, I want to do homeschool, but I'm going to miss the girls. I got I know, buddy. You just got me and your sister. I'm so sorry. So funny. I just love that. I love that he's like, but, but I mean, that's so like age appropriate. Like you said, he was 11, almost 12 years old. It's like, you know, preteen boys, like they're thinking about girls, you know, oh, definitely. So, that's so cute. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like you guys are doing awesome and I'm, I'm so happy that everything is going good with homeschooling. And like you said, the diet, you kind of have a little more like normalcy in your life now. Um, can you share where people can connect with you and find more about the diet and all that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, the website that I have, it's, it's foods That four is spelled out like the number F O U R. And there's a bunch of recipes on there. Again, they're, um, all really easy on digestion. Um, and things that are approved on the diet. And you can also get more information or, or just ideas on the protocol that we followed and the foods that we ate for so long and still eat. Uh, and then I have an Instagram account. I haven't been very <laughs> active on, but it's there. <laughs> and same thing, just at Foods for Thought. And then Facebook page where I'll just, I'll post, you know, uplifting articles and stuff like that mostly. And um, yeah, at Foods for Thought. Uh, your website is, is beautiful and very easy to navigate. So yeah. I appreciate that. Everyone needs to go check that out. Well, Crystal, it has just been a delight to chat with you. And thank you so much for, for sharing about the diet and just all your personal stories. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, Megan. Thank you. All right. Well, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download 
download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Crystal. I just think she is awesome. I, it will never, never stop amazing me how these, you know, autism moms just come together and, you know, kind of pool their resource and just want to like share their knowledge. I'm, I'm always just so blown away by all these incredible people I get to talk to. And Crystal is definitely one of those people. So again, I'm super excited to have had a, a diet expert on this show because it is something I get asked a lot of questions about. And now I have somewhere to direct those questions to because Crystal really is just like a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, her, her website is awesome. There's a ton of good resources there. So definitely check her out, follow her on social media, check out the website. And yeah, if you have any questions, just contact her directly because she is amazing. And if you want to contact me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love to hear from you guys, whether you have feedback or questions or a comment, all are welcome. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, I think email is the best way to go about that. If you would send me an email and just kind of tell me a little bit about your story, I would love to hear from you. love to get you on the show, but that is all for today. So until next time, take care. Thank you.